welcome you this morning to Breakthrough City Church. Welcome to those who are listening online. Um, I will try and be drunctional or functional or something this morning. So um, uh, we've just yeah, had some amazing just time of worship in the presence of the Lord. And uh, His presence is just lingering here. And uh, when the presence of the Lord is there, He is the Prince of Peace. And therefore the storms in your life comes to a standstill, even in your soul. And when He overwhelms you, when you overwhelmed by his presence there's a fullness that comes to the full potential of who you and i have been called to be you and i can only be the full potential of son or a daughter of the living god when we find ourselves in him and even yet this more <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> so anyway those who are joining us now or later may you just have a drink of the new wine uh, there's a new wine um, and uh, we can just enjoy his presence and we can just uh, so even those listening afterwards or live now just receive just Holy Spirit, <laughs> just receive, just refreshing. You know, we've been called daily just to live and dwell in His presence. He's new every morning. So um, just allow Holy Spirit just to touch you whatever way, because this is what it is. Um, in His presence, <clears throat> there's nothing, <laughs> nothing compares to His presence. Hallelujah. So this morning, I need to try share something with you. And um, I'm going to be sharing, I've been sharing <laughs> some of my words. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I've been sharing with you about uh, the seven mountains. <laughs> oh, this is serious, this is church. <laughs> I was I was telling Candace coming in this morning when we just before we were busy with the things getting ready. I said for for actually last Sunday I wanted to share about this on the mountain of celebration, but there is this thing in the church where God wants us to deal with this, and that is the spirit of religion, because where the spirit of religion comes, um, we we seem to have many inhibitions. And uh, um, when the Holy Spirit starts to move in that, there's this word for months. Actually, God was sharing with me uh, the last year and this year. And it always would come up. And I, I would think, why does this come up in, my, in literally my thoughts? Uh, formaldehyde. Form, form <laughs> you can't say that now. When you, <clears throat> I'll try to pronounce it. Formaldehyde. So formaldehyde is basically chemicals which you use to preserve cadavers, bodies. Or remember those um, at school, we used to have them like you would have fetuses and of animals and snakes, you used to put it in there. So that's a preservation, but there's too much formaldehyde in the church of God. And we've preserved too many things, traditions of man's and forms that has inhibited what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And the Holy Spirit wants out. 
He wants to move in and through you and me. And um, so this morning I'm, I'm sharing about the mountain of religion. And um, so please, if you're not sure, just follow the messages. I've shared a series. And this is actually one of the last ones of uh, the seven mountains. So we refer to the seven mountains or seven domains that Jesus you want to see restored back. So whether it's the mountain of, of economy or business, whether it's the mountain of government, whether it's the mountain of education, whether it's the mountain of celebration of the arts, whether it's the mountain of media, um, whether it's the mountain of religion or worship. These are mountains that are being restored, and we get this from scriptures like in Isaiah 2, 2, as well as uh, Micah 4, verse 1, and then we see in Revelations uh, 4 and 5, 5 and 6, we see these different aspects where the Lord says, um, when he was tempted, remember, the devil tempted him, took him on a high place and said, I'll give you all these, these kingdoms if you bow down and worship me. And this is the background, so I'm repeating myself. If you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms, not nations. Because nations are built on kingdoms. And, um, and then uh, we know what happened in that. And uh, the thing is, Jesus restored the authority that was taken by, by uh, that Adam and Eve lost. And that was to rule, reign, and have dominion. So here are dominions or domains where the church needs to invade and to bring about transformation in society because Jesus is coming for a bride. He's coming for when he said, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. A lot of us have built a theology about Jesus is coming to remove her because the beast and the antichrist is on the scene and arriving. And I tell you, that is not the gospel of the good news. It is not a message of hope. And too many people have stood at the pulpit giving us doom and gloom about what's, everything's going to fall. When we speak about systems collapsing economically uh, in the world, yes, systems that are not from God will fall. But wealth and finances will always be there. God has always preserved. And he's always raised up rem the remnant uh, church to raise up to see things established. So we refer to how the Israelites would go into the nation, into the promised land. And how there's angels that are actually on assignment to assist with gaining to take. So there's been seven nations that the Israelites had to take. And that's the type. Seven nations that the Israelites had to gain. And they had to destroy those nations. And each nation had a specific role. So there's principalities and powers that rule on these different mountains or domains. Whether it's government. What we said, government, what's the strong man or, or, or the, the principality there is corruption. That's what happens in business, manipulation, um, in the arts. What's happening in the arts is the counterfeit and perversion. And we started to see how does God want to restore these things. So as the church, um, many times we've been thinking people need to come to the church so that things can change. No, the church needs to move out so that these different domains can be transformed. So it is not about the message of salvation that we are busy with. It's the message of the kingdom. And the message of salvation is part of the kingdom, what God has for us. So it's not about getting saved, going to heaven, when Jesus says, let his king, let thy kingdom come on earth. Why would he then remove the church? And until the fullness of things and the restoration of all things, then Jesus will come a second time. 
He's not coming on a rescue mission to remove the church from planet earth. He's coming for, for a victorious church. If Jesus is the head and we the body of Christ, then the body of Christ has to equal what the head is. Otherwise, there's a deformation. It's deformed. You understand? So we have to carry the glory of the head, Jesus Christ. And this morning, uh, I'm going to just try to get through this, but uh, the whole thing about the mountain of religion or the, the, the mountain of worship and what it is. So um, we said this in uh, Isaiah 2.2. 2. I'll just read it to you. Isaiah ch- uh, 2 chapter... <laughs> Isaiah chapter 2 verse 2. Um, uh, let me just say this. Do you know that one of the things that I've seen what the spirit of religion hates. And that is when joy hits a place. When the spirit of joy hits a place. Religion doesn't like it because it feels uncomfortable. The spirit of religion. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. He's not sad, he's not, and, and we need, sometimes misrepresent the king because it looks like we've sucked lemons the whole month. All right, so we have to have this joy. So Isaiah 2 verse 2 says, In the last days the mountain of the house of the Lord will be exalted above the mountains and the nations will come running to the house of God. Okay? So it's not just about getting people saved, I said before, but it is, it is actually about how God wants society to function. It's about how society must function. So, guess what? There is a functional way of kingdom. The kingdom is not just a word. It is a functional way of doing things. It is a functional way of living. Alright, so in Matthew 6, it says, Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth. Okay, that is a functional aspect. It's not just some theological thing. It's functional. It's not a, the Lord's Prayer is not something you just pray. Isn't it our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name? It's, it's, it's not a prayer. It is actually an application and a functional thing, what, what he's actually saying here. So, the mountain of religion could be called also the mountain of worship. Okay, so remember there's a spiritual landscape. We said, how does that look? What is that? So the spiritual landscape on this mountain is the, um, we refer to the seven nations in uh, the promised land where Israel went in. And this enemy or this spiritual principality, uh, if we refer to the spiritual landscape, is called the parasite. The parasite. And the word parasite means idolatry. So on this mountain of worship or religion, you find idolatry. That's the enemy on this mountain. Okay? So we take in basically one of the enemies of the, uh, uh, the children of Israel. Remember when they went to dispossess in the in the promised land this is one of the enemies this is one of the seven nations that they had to deal with so the parasites means idolatry so on each mountain remember on each one of these mountains there's an enemy that is trying to disfigure the image of god so remember government on earth there's government in heaven perfect government there's government on earth there's 
celebration in heaven just by the way it's not boring it's the most pla- the place of the most celebration and expression is in heaven just for those that think the earth is there's some celebrations there's nothing like in heaven actually in the time in the <laughs> in this time we were busy with worship this morning just a scripture again came again to me and i actually saw the lord i saw zephaniah 317 says um that the lord does twirls he, he he dances and he spins like this he spins he, he loves us so much he's he, he celebrates us so much that he actually twirls and spins over us he that's how much i mean you speak about god being boring come on you just haven't seen a party yet the biggest parties are happening in heaven which he wants to break out on planet earth he rejoices us over us with singing. He spins, twi- spins over us with rejoicing over us. Okay, so um, the principality on the mountain of, also on the mountain of religion is, so remember this is the, the principality in charge there that's working on the mountain of religion is the religious spirit. The religious spirit. And the religious spirit, what it does is actually a worship thief or actually false worship takes place on this mountain. So the religious spirit basically operates through what? Idols, traditions, or even quenching of the Holy Spirit. So, how does the religious spirit then steal worship? How does the religious spirit steal worship? Well, um, I'll get to this a bit later, but openly um, worshiping Satan, and this doesn't happen overtly. It doesn't happen so like openly as what we will see now, like satanic worship. It's not so openly as what we will actually see. Um, So, how does this religious spirit happen? It uh, manifests, it happens like that. So, um, but the thing is, Satan gets behind things on this mountain. The one is idolatry. So idolatry basically is indirect worship. And um, it is literally the, 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 the idol is the mask in front of Satan. So idolatry is the mask where Satan is behind. Okay? So even if you perceive or receive Jesus, so you might receive Jesus, um, he, what actually happens this, the enemy goes and diminishes who Jesus is in your life, the spirit of religion. So there's people who've even received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, or their Savior, but this spirit will diminish who Jesus is in your life. So you'll, be, you'll go to church, you do the Easter thing, you do the cell group thing, you do the Sunday thing, but your life, the reflection of what you do is no different to anyone else. Because when you carry the spirit of revival and reformation, wherever you go, whether it's your family, whether it's your workplace, whether it's the school, whether it's university, whether it's uh, business, transformation will start happening. And we are seeing that. We've seen that in these different mountains. These things are busy happening. Um, you know, this spirit of religion, what will also happen, I've seen this, uh, especially in, in the church, is um, just generalizing, is that this spirit will say, no, you can no, take Jesus, receive Jesus. But this spirit will diminish the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. 
It's okay. Okay, Jesus, it's fine. But it will diminish anything to do with the Holy Spirit. That's a religious spirit working. So on this mountain, what's our weapon? Or what's the mantle that we have? What's our weapon on this mountain? The Holy Spirit. On this mountain, what we need, the mountain of religion or worship, is what we need is the Holy Spirit. Okay? So um, we've spoken about, like, on these different mountains, we've seen the fivefold ministry working, whether it's the apostolic mantle or the prophetic mantle or the pastoral or the teacher mantle or the evangelistic mantle, working out there, not just in the uh, mountain of religion, but working out there on this mountain. Um, we specifically see the Holy Spirit working on this mountain. Okay? So obviously the fivefold ministry is working in the church to equip and train, Ephesians chapter 4. But we see the working of the Holy Spirit on this mountain. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is basically the antidote for a religious spirit. Do you know what I'm saying? There's people who do church brilliantly. They have the lights... The, the smoke machines, the skinny jeans, and everything. But Holy Spirit is not initially working. It's just doing the good show. And that's sometimes where people get drawn into the things of God, but they don't have encounters with the living God. Because once you have an encounter with the living God, you cannot be the same. You want more. Whether you were a soul you encounter the living God and now you become Paul. You're transformed. Your eyes are open to see. So we see that the Holy Spirit is the real deal, but the religious spirit is the false deal, not the real thing. Okay, he is the real thing, Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the real thing. Okay, so when we speak of the Holy Spirit, it is what? It is the person of the Holy Spirit, it is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it is the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, and it is the structure of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a person. It's not something. It's not smoke. It's not what Holy Spirit is a person. And what we want to do, in, even in our meetings, even in our, at home, even in our workplace, is we want to give value to Holy Spirit. If you don't value Holy Spirit like a person, then you actually quench Holy Spirit as a person. So we've got to give value to Holy Spirit. Uh, to the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, we see how the, the promise of the Holy Spirit um, is poured, poured out. Now, Jesus says in Acts chapter 2, listen to me. Jesus says, wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that so? So, this is, this is quite scary. Listen to me. Discipleship, as we know, and we've been saying this, is very important. But, yeah, Jesus says to his disciples, don't move until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Do you realize the disciples of Jesus were discipled by God himself, for three and a half years. And Jesus says your discipleship is not enough. Ah. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit now. 
The Son of God, Jesus Himself, disciples, He disciples for three and a half years. And Jesus says, This is not enough. Now you have to be empowered. You need to wait for the power. You need to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you hear what I'm saying? So we can be discipling, but if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit daily, okay, we get baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says be filled daily with the Holy Spirit. Our discipleship will be a model and not a life. Mm hmm. Uh huh. We see that the, the scriptures itself says the letter itself kills. But the spirit gives life. I've said this before. The devil himself knows the Bible better than most Christians. But it is the spirit that gives life to the letter. I, I, I knew this many, many, many years ago when I was, was studying um, was... That there was a guy I remember in America knew the Bible off by heart, but he was an unbeliever. So you can have scriptures like that, but unless you have the Spirit of God giving life to the letter, you don't have anything. All you have is information, but no transformation. Do you know that for 300 years after Jesus died and rose, the churches actually were quarreling with one another. They fought over the canon of the Bible. Because remember, there was letters written to the different churches. So the canon of the Bible, or how we have the Bible, was where the churches, because these letters were written by the apostles, whatever, and these letters were sent. They had the letters. And then they said, no, 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 this, this, no, this must come in. And they were fighting about what scriptures, what letters are actually incorporated into what we have is the Bible. So this happened for 300 years, and uh, about, you know, what is the canon of the Bible? And there were different churches that had these different letters of the Bible. So Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will do what? Lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. And the Holy Spirit, what he does is he helps us um, to actually open the scriptures. So when you read your Bible and the Bible isn't doing anything, it's the Holy Spirit, the author. Men wrote down the scriptures but the holy spirit inspired them so the holy spirit opens up the word for us it's just a book with ink on it do you know that um, there are over twenty-five thousand denominations <laughs> why is there 20, over twenty-five thousand different de denominations is because each denomination were interpreting the Bible differently and did not agree. So we want to do first, what do we want? We want to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That is the, the character of God in our lives. From this relationship with God, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is there. Patience, kindness, love, long-suffering. A lot of us say, Lord, I want patience, but it is... The, the abiding in him that gives us that. It is not having patience. Did you hear what I said? 
the fruit must come from the relationship. So a lot of us are praying for all the, the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, but we don't have the relationship. And God, He starts to develop our character, inside, His character inside of us in that, in this relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, remember I said, comes from this abiding, this connection. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are so crucial in the, in the mountain of religion, but also outside of this mountain. The Bible says, desire earnestly the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is part of his manifestation of his love. The structure of the church is not built only on pastors, by the way. It's also built on the apostolic and the prophetic. Those are the foundations, Ephesians 2.20. The apostolic and the prophetic lay these foundations and stuff. So it is not just the structure. So these different levels of how Holy Spirit is working and is building in the church. So just to give you a bit of a background on that, some of these, these stats have changed also over a period. But basically... Um, there's basically four, they speak of four great religions in the world. Okay, so remember this is a mountain of religion. There are basically four great religions they refer to in that in the world. The first one, Christianity. Christianity, there's about 2.2, would be more now, 2.2 uh, billion Christians on planet Earth. All right, and then... Um, they say that um, approximately of those 2.2 billion, there's probably 700 million that are spirit-filled. So 2.2 might be born again, but 700 million are spirit-filled. And um, this, by the way, of the uh, infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, has probably happened in the last 120 years only from Azusa Street. When the outpouring happened there, also in Azusa Street, in America and stuff, we, there was a, a, a with William Seymour was an African American. He was blind in the one eye. Amazing story. Read about Azusa Street, but we see how the whole Pentecostal, which Pentecostal, it goes about gifts and the Holy Spirit. Um, how we start to see them. Actually, it's, it was basically they start to speaking tongues. There was also a group of them. Was a group, I think, fifteen, seventeen people. And the Holy Spirit just fell out and on the, on the place he touched the people's lives. And we see how many revivals started with a handful of people. It's nothing to do with the size. I, on the contrary, it's normally with the least. But those who are hungry. We see Islam. Islam is about 1.2 million people. Uh, a billion. 1.2 billion. Thank you, Tina. 1.2 billion people that uh, uh, are Muslim um, there's more Muslims living in Indonesia than the whole of the Middle East. By the way. So 1.2 billion Muslims. Then there's 900 million Hindus. 400 million Buddhists. There's a lot of different Chinese religions. About 350 million. African religions is about 100 million. People in different African religions. Um, Judaism, 14 million. There's 14 million Jews on planet Earth. So, 
How does the spirit of religion steal worship then? So you have now all these religions, remember? But how does the religious spirit steal worship? Well, I mentioned earlier, the one is overt Satanism. Satanism. So this is basically the direct worship of Satanism. Satan, and it's, it's, you don't see that overtly. It's openly, overtly, covertly is unseen. So you don't see it openly just happen as much as these other things, okay? And uh, so what Satan goes and does, he positions himself, like I said, behind idolatry. And um, this is literally indirect worship of Satan. It is, it is literally, uh, Satan is behind the mask of idols, so truth basically is what breaks down the argument and um, that, so truth breaks down the argument that sustains a stronghold. When there's no truth that comes into a place, it cannot break the stronghold. So truth breaks down strongholds in people's lives, not information. And the spirit of truth breaks down strongholds. So a religious spirit, what it does is it steals worship by doctrines, listen to me, the religious spirit destroys uh, 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 worship by doctrines that actually diminish the Holy Spirit's working. So there's a lot of teachings and doctrines that you'll find in churches, denominational things, whatever, that actually diminishes the Holy Spirit's working. So there's major churches I can I won't mention names and, and, and what people you will see that will just hammer and gun people publicly. It's almost like they appointed the police to police the churches, which is unbiblical. But they will tell you that like the gifts of the spirit no longer work. It's called cessationism or cessationists. Excuse me, I had a bit too much earlier. Uh, <laughs> New wine, that is for those online, of the Spirit of God. And uh, so, um, where people say, no, no, the gifts and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit no longer work. You know, it stopped in the book of Acts, and it's, you know, I'm thinking, well, okay. Um, so, this is what the spirit of religion. There's doctrines, teachings, books that will say why this will not happen, why this shouldn't happen. And uh, that's how the spirit of religion works. Um, it steals like this. Okay, so um, what it actually does is that Christianity starts becoming uh, almost like a preservation, like formaldehyde, that word of like preserving a cadaver. Nothing, there's no life. It's just we go to church, we do this, hallelujah, praise the Lord, and then I crook the guy next door in business. That's how it works, the spirit of religion. And it has no power. The spirit of religion doesn't have any power. That's why there's such a thing coming against. I mean, we've had people, and it's, 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 not, it's minimal, where we are, where they're in the shopping mall and we, we see a sick person or whatever, and you want to pray for them. There's been once or twice that we've seen where people totally will resist you because the spirit of religion manifests because how can it be that you're praying for someone sick? But the, the, the joke is always on the devil because there's people then we've ended up praying for and God heals them and a miracle takes place and they transform right there. That lie falls because truth is coming. So Father God said to Jesus uh, what he said. 
He said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Okay? So remember, the Father said, sit at my right hand. This is Psalm, I think, 110. And then also in the New Testament referred to, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. And then, then God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So he says to Jesus, no, you sit here because I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And what you are doing, all of them are going to be doing. Hello? All of us are going to be doing it. That's why it was better that Jesus says that I go to the Father. Because the Father is sending the promise of the Holy Spirit. So you, there's going to be many Jesuses, just hear me, Christ-like Christians that are actually going to be doing what I'm doing. And Jesus says, no, never mind just doing what I'm doing. You're going to even do greater things in my name. So there's greater things we need to do than what Jesus did. Do you realize that? Because he gets the glory. Religious spirits try to limit the Holy Spirit's working on this mountain. This is what it, it will shut down. Anything, manifestation, anything, that's what the religious spirit will want to do. And um, you'll have uh, churches that say they don't want manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Many, I've heard a lot of this. They don't want the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. They don't want people shaking, rolling over, crying, shouting out, jumping, whatever. Whatever. Why? It's because the religious spirit's working in that place. Because you, you understand, when people, the, the Holy Spirit manifests in and through people, the religious spirit works with control. And when you feel you can't control the people, whatever, and because you don't know what's happening now, that's the thing is why we have to become like a child. Because sometimes as adults, we want to control everything God, God is doing in a meeting or out there. And there's some weird things we've seen. And we see manifestations like interesting manifestations, whether it's oil, gold, whether it's gems, whether it's feathers. We, we see all these manifestations like, I mean, guys, how about the, some of them where, the, where suddenly a hand appears on the wall, writes on the wall? Yeah. That's Old Testament yeah. with Daniel. What are you going to do if you see a hand writing on the wall? Oh, it wasn't in the Bible. Now, you know, or this wasn't, you know, now we see a manifestation and we want to look. Where does it say this happened in the Bible? Well, you know what? I, I, as long as the fruit after the work of the Holy Spirit that people are more in love with Jesus, I have no problem what manifests. How it manifests, Holy Spirit. Because, you know, the sea opened up, the Red Sea, God's part of the sea. Well, does everyone who's blind you spit into the ground and put mud balls in, and put it in their eyes? No. So that's the creativeness of how Holy Spirit leads us to do things. You understand? Okay. So uh, understanding idolatry. Understanding idolatry. So an idol is basically an object of adoration or an image of something. It is a false god. It is a pretender. It is an imposter. That's an idol. Idolatry is basically the, the intense admiration of something or someone who should not be an object of adoration. I mean, there's uh, uh, idolatry even with money. You know, nothing wrong with money, but the love of money is. It's idolatry. Um, people. I mean, you, you see in the music industry, yeah, they worship the people. I mean, I mean, I won't go there. I mean, how it used to be. I mean, I've been at a lot of concerts in my BC days. Just by the way, 
But the thing is, sometimes you worship the people. Oh, the person. The, you know, um, yeah, sport. You know. Anyway, so that's how idolatry you see happening. So idolatry is basically spiritual adultery. Idolatry is actually spiritual adultery. And the thing about this is that, listen to me, you reap the reward of the power and principality you worship in. You reap the reward of the power and, uh, and uh, principality. You, you reap the reward of that what you're worshiping. So, for instance, um, uh, I like gambling. I'm trusting in the God of luck. I'm going to go on the machines or roulette. And, and I used to do that. I used to do that. That's part of my test me just before I got saved. Um, but you put your trust in an idol. But you reap the reward of that. Lot, a lotto. These are all across the world. Lotto, you know. Within the first year, I think it is. There's stats. It's ridiculous. You cannot believe it. Everyone who's won that money has lost it. It's crazy. You reap the reward. And they're in the worst position they were ever. Give an example. I remember this was years ago. About 2012 or so. Um, the president of Haiti. Um, he went and he... Uh, Openly on TV, he was a new president. He dedicated Haiti to the devil, to Satan. From then, hell broke loose in Haiti. There was a lot of people that went and they broke the curses. They went and prayed and stuff. Um, but if you want to see what's happening in Haiti, go look at the fruit. There's a reward you get from what you worship. So people go to an idol for what many times? Protection, provision. Isn't that so? I mean there, I mean yeah, even yeah, in Africa. They go there for protection or uh, uh, promotion. I mean we've had conversations with people here in the church where they would tell us about people at their work. They, they need a promotion. So they go to the Sangoma, the witch doctor. And they do some of the juju and whatever to get promotion. But they get the reward. Because the devil will never give you something without wanting something back. I've seen before I got saved, this is where I was not lacquer in good South African language. But I saw even how people would do operations demonically and remove uh, um, cancerous things, stick their hands in someone's body and pull out that and the body closes. It's demonic. It's demonic. Guys... Hello. I don't know if you have, I mean, a lot of people know. I mean, just travel a bit here in Africa, go across the border, go up here into, into the countries here. Into, I've seen a mountain that had exploded because of the demonic activity up in Malawi. For those who know what I'm speaking about, Mount Mulanji. What am I saying? There's a reward. The whole village, I have photos of it, the whole village was destroyed. There's a reward with the idol that you worship, there's a reward for you. The devil will never give you anything without taking everything. Yeah. 
So if you have idolatry, you know, you, you have a special idol for protection or provision, you see, you lose your protection, you lose your provision. So the role of the Holy Spirit on the mountain of religion, the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit on the mountain of religion. Firstly, the person of the Holy Spirit um, The person of the Holy Spirit, and especially in the mountain religion, is the presence of the Holy Spirit. On this mountain is knowing the Holy Spirit, but also his presence. And to nurture his presence, and to become aware of his presence. When your husband or wife comes into the room, or they, they take your hand, or they put their arm on you, you're aware, the presence is there. So one of the most focuses, and that's why even as a congregation, we, one of our most important values is the presence of God. Because never mind just in our meetings, at home, at work, the presence of God. Just become aware of His presence. Because when He's there, there's a confidence that arises that He's with you. 1 Corinthians 12 speaks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay, We speak about the role of the Holy Spirit in the mountain of religion. The gifts of the Holy Spirit... Knowing uh, uh, the God of power. So that's how you move in power. I mean, you know, why do you think the occult increased in the time of lockdown of witchcraft and that amongst the young people? Because they were in lockdown. So they were looking for the supernatural. But the church is not offering the supernatural because the church is no supernatural is bad. But yet God is supernaturally. And the church, you and I need to naturally walk supernaturally. We can't do this without the gifts, the power of the Holy Spirit. So if we are not representing and showing the young people how to walk in the power and the supernatural, they're going to look for it somewhere else because we created for the supernatural. You understand? It's so important. The church has to have power. Our children must be, that's why we get the children to pray for the sick people because our children have seen the supernatural. They've seen the miracles. They've seen provision. They've seen legs growing. They've seen people, you know, deaf, hearing. They've seen, this is what our children must see. This is what we must be representing and not misrepresenting. Okay, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that is knowing the character of God. Knowing God's the God of character. Knowing this character of God. You know, God is not impatient with me. Why am I impatient with someone? That's the fruit. Knowing the character of God is something that becomes part of me. God is love. I I have love. God is patient. I become more patient. This is a fruit of that abiding in Him. Alright. And then there is the structure of the Holy Spirit. Knowing the God of intentionality. Meaning that in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20. Uh, in Ephesians 4 verse 11, it speaks about the, 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 the governing ministries, the apostolic, the prophetic. We see how the church is structured, how it is governed. It is not everyone just does everything loosely. I mean, I hear many times people tell me this thing, you know, the Holy Spirit said I must do this and that. I say, the Holy Spirit without design is inaccuracy. So if the Holy Spirit says I must go do this, but it is not in line with the word, it is inaccurate. So inspiration... Without design is inaccurate. So many times, I've seen, this is where the weird stuff happens in church, is there isn't the structure what I just mentioned to you now. 
The word and the spirit works together, not separately. All right, so we displace darkness on this mountain when the Holy Spirit is the focus here. That's how we displace darkness on this mountain. When the Holy Spirit is there, I mean, we've seen it at, at different places, people in different religions and that. They encounter Jesus. They just totally delivered. They set free. The impact of the Holy Spirit. Um, what we see here in the early 1900s, listen to this, very interesting. Um, the impact of the Holy Spirit. So yeah, with Azusa Street, where the Holy Spirit just restored, it was a restoration of things that the Holy Spirit was doing, is about speaking in tongues. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, we saw this happen in Azusa Street, and this was in 1906 or 1905, something like this, and there were one in 27 people were born again, okay? And uh, so there were only in 1900... There were about 1 in 27 people were born again Christians. When the Holy Spirit outpouring began with Azusa Street, and um, we saw the gifts of, like the gifts of tongues and the restoration, we suddenly saw this increase of people being baptized and uh, 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 baptized in the Spirit. So we saw the progressiveness of the Holy Spirit restoring um, Healing. We saw the gifts of restoration um, take place in the believers. And there was a restoration of the work of the Holy Spirit that, that has taken place in the last hundred years like we've never seen. Across the body. It's not just a handful of people, but across the body. So, to the degree of understanding um, the work of the Holy Spirit, to that degree, the kingdom of God has exploded. Do you hear what I said? To the degree of understanding how the Holy Spirit is working, to that degree the kingdom has exploded on planet Earth. Um, I, I, honestly, I mean, I've, the 4th of May, um, it will be 30, I think, what, 33 years since I gave my life to the Lord. 4th of May, 1990. And what I see now with miracles, signs, wonders, healings, I never saw then. I'm serious. 33 years later. And I mean, I told you, I mean, I saw immediately when I got saved, miracles, signs and wonders and the glory of God. What I'm experiencing now, it's like everyone is prophesying. Not nonsense, but good stuff. Everyone seems to be praying for sick people and people being healed. I see what I'm seeing now. So whenever there's the Holy Spirit, like from 1900, the 1900s where everything was pretty much quiet. And then 1900s, suddenly with Azusa Street, we see an explosion of the Holy Spirit working through. We see kingdom coming. So where there is not a movement of Holy Spirit, we don't see kingdom advance on these mountains. It's crucial. So the seven mountain teaching, which I've been referring to, is to understand that the Holy Spirit wants to fill the whole earth with his glory. So the, the earth in these different governments, education, celebration, whatever, the whole earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. But it happens not just in the church on Sunday. So a lot of people have this thing that everyone must come to church on Sunday because this is where it happens. This is equipping, training. This is where we expose. This is family. There's all these values, but the kingdom moves outwards into these domains and suddenly the glory of the Lord comes in the place. 
suddenly things start happening there, outside there. Suddenly we have education and there's godly legislation. There's not this nonsense about exposure to kids at young ages of illicit stuff and whatever. And suddenly right legislation comes in. Right governance comes in. Cities start to flourish. Business starts to come in. That is when the glory starts to be revealed because there's not a shortage in heaven, but why is there a shortage in the city? This place, earth, must reflect that place, heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. That is how God gets glorified. It is not seen how many thousands of people you can fill in a a church building on a Sunday. How are you going to change the world? His glory must be seen out there. Do you think the world's going to come into the church? We see in Ezekiel 47. This is a cool scripture. Uh, uh, Revelations also refers to Ezekiel 47. The river of God has different dimensions. It speaks about ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. Then swimming in the river. And I'm telling you, there's things that I'm picking up how we're starting to go deeper, deeper, every, every week. Every, I see even the church going deeper and deeper into the river. It's like things just start to happen more easy. I shared testimony about people coming to stay there uh, at our place uh, in the week. And the presence of God was so there because while well, we were worshiping in the house, that this guy the next day was just weeping. And saying, I, I, I'm t- I was so overwhelmed. I was trying to work in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the apartment and I, I couldn't because of the overwhelming presence of God. Well, how about that at your workplace? That you're busy there. I mean, we know the hospitals in Africa. There's a book about this with some of the people that we know and are connected to as well. Where hospitals in, in, in I think it was in Kenya that um, was emptied when a Sunday school teacher took the children to go pray for the sick people and there was a death ward where those people terminally they were dying literally every day they were dying so they took the kids through the Sunday school teacher and she still thought oh my goodness because they had prayed for the people and left and when she went out she thought oh my goodness I did the biggest mistake by bringing these kids because all these people are still in the hospital the next day they started to phone the pastor of that church. Because the hospital was emptied overnight. The people, the guy, the, the, the one story went that the guy would push the dead bodies with the, the death ward. He was upset because he, he had no more business. That is the hospitals that were emptied. Because little children just went, thank you Jesus, be healed in Jesus name, be healed in Jesus name. And the next day, the hospitals it was closed. The, the, the head administrator and the people that are working are actually on, busy with the mission fields in Africa now. We're going to see it again happen. Because things are already happening. So we are the trees. Okay. So remember, we are the trees and the leaves basically that give life. And that the Bible scripture speaks about this. Um, what I want to just try crash land with you is... Um, Basically, in 1900, I said there was one in 27, one in 27 people that, who were born again. In 2010, one in four people are Christians. 1900, one in 27 was a Christian. In 2010, one in four people were Christians. <laughs> Do you see what's happening? 700 million uh, people that are spirit-filled. 
So there's a new measure of the Holy Spirit busy working. Acts chapter 2 verse 17 says, And it shall come to pass that in the last days God said that I will pour my spirit on all flesh. And God is calling us to be open to walk into these different uh, domains. That we'll see this new wineskin come into business, education, whatever it is that we see the Holy Spirit pour, pour, poured out. Because the image of who God is in that mountain must be revealed. It must be rectified. God wants to give us an answer for every sector of society. God is busy raising up the Daniels. He's busy raising up the Josephs. It's not about you have to be the president or you have to be the head of the company. Start serving in that area that those people turn to God. Do you know that, you know how uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar was one of the most evil people that lived, the Bible says, but in, and how he would eat grass. He lived as a beast later on the field. So he went totally cuckoos off his head. And then it says that Literally, the last passages about when he speaks, he says, then he uh, uh, realized who God is and he worshiped God. Do you know that? These last moments in that, Nebuchadnezzar turned to serve God. Have you read that? Because of a Daniel. Are you a Daniel? Are you a Joseph? You see, God is raising up these people across the earth. And we are those people that bring our influence wherever we are. With that school, education, with that varsity, with this business, you and I are going to start to bring a reformation because we've been transformed. Let's stand to our feet. So Father, I want to just pray for everyone here this morning, those outside there who've been listening to these messages and the series about the seven mountains or domains. I pray, Lord, that we truly will be able to walk this out, that we'll be transformed in the house, that we'll transform the place around us as we've been transformed. Lord, that we would see reformation happen in the cities, in the towns, the villages. We'll see reformation happen in our families. We'll see reformation happen... Wherever we go, Father, I pray for a deep work in our lives. We, I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would come to know you, that we'll know the depth of you, that we'd see what it is like to not just have, be ankle deep in the river of God, but that we'd be swimming in the river of God. Lord, that we'll be a house that, that swims in the river of God, that wherever we go, the river will flow. From the throne to the temple to the streets. And as we are in the streets, that we'd see everything happen. The miracle signs and wonders. People being delivered. People being healed. People being blessed. People being transformed. People coming to know you. In Jesus' name I pray, Father. We are hungry for you. Amen.